Hey, when you have health insurance, it's easy to forget about those out-of-pocket costs. Now, that could be a lot of money, but are your medical bills accurate? Now, it's estimated that over 50% of medical bills actually contain errors. Now, HealthLock can help. HealthLock technology securely connects with your insurance and flags any overbilling, wrong codes, or fraud. Now, you can even have HealthLock work on your behalf to get money back from select past bills. Now, to date, HealthLock has helped its members save over $130 million. Check them out online, healthlock.com. Go there today. Pure Talk, my sponsor and my wireless company, of now providing international roaming to over 50 countries. Now, as you plan your summer travel, make sure that your wireless company covers you at home and abroad. Now, you can get unlimited talk and text, plenty of 5G data for just 20 bucks a month. That's less than half the price of Verizon, AT&T, and T-Mobile for the exact same service. Just go to puretalk.com slash Sean, S-E-A-N, make the switch today. Save an additional 50% off your first month. That's puretalk.com slash Sean, S-E-A-N. Hey, Sean Hannity here. If you're in a situation where you feel threatened, well, instinct, that might drive you to reach for a lethal means immediately. but We all want to avoid the irreversible consequences of using deadly force. Now, enter the Burner Less Lethal Pistol Launcher. It is equipped with tear gas and kinetic ammo. It can incapacitate any attacker for up to 40 minutes. It's legal in all 50 states. It requires no background checks, and it can be shipped right to your door. Go to their website, byrna.com slash Hannity right now, and you'll get 10% off. Let not your heart be troubled. You are listening to the Sean Hannity Radio Show Podcast. You know, attention to detail is critical when you own your own business. So use LegalZoom.com for the legal details. Now, their network of independent attorneys licensed in 48 states. Well, they know local laws and can provide answers to your legal questions. LegalZoom.com is not a law firm, so you won't pay by the hour. Just use Hannity One when you check out and save even more legalzoom.com i'm here let not your heart be troubled <laughs> well, i just ran in from the bathroom if you really want the facts here if you really want to get to the nitty-gritty and all that stuff so what do you mean prove it prove how do you prove that it's impossible anyway happy monday glad you're with us you know um one of the arguments i have been making and have made repeatedly uh Talking about the rise of Donald Trump is the growing frustration, the idiocy, the weakness, the moral lunacy of what is political correctness. Also, Republicans are weak and they're timid and they're visionless. And and that has frustrated so many Republicans that they're looking for an outsider and so many Democrats, too. I mean, I think the whole Bernie Sanders movement was predicated on all of this anyway. But if you look at political correctness and the idiocy of it, the moral lunacy of it all, and, you know, once confined, I think, pretty much largely to universities and colleges, is now spread to the highest offices and the most powerful institutions in the land. Let me give you an an illustration of this. You know, a president, man caused disasters, overseas contingency operations, workplace violence, and things like that. It's absurd. Everybody knows that it's radical Islamic terrorism. So the Attorney General, Loretta Lynch, yesterday says that law enforcement will release the transcripts, which they did today, earlier, of the three phone calls that the Orlando shooter had with the police. These are the ones that 
James Comey talked about. James Comey had mentioned in one of the calls he pledged allegiance to ISIS. Anyway, they'll talk about what he told law enforcement on the ground as the events were unfolding. Now, she said this yesterday and she did it today. Well, not exactly. Now, the Justice Department says that the FBI, Orlando authorities, in coordination with the U.S. Attorney's Office, they are only released, well, they only released a limited transcript of the conversations that the Orlando terrorist had with authorities during the shooting, as well as a timeline. He talked about his pledges of allegiance to a terrorist group. He talked about his motivations for why he was claiming at the time that he was committing this horrific act. He talked about American policies in some ways, Lynch said yesterday. Well, James Comey already told us that he pledged allegiance to ISIS. The reason why we're going to limit the transcripts, Loretta Lynch says, is to avoid re-victimizing those people that went through this horror. Nightclub that night. Tell us they will. They will talk about what he told law enforcement on the ground as the events were unfolding. And what did he tell them? You know, as, as we have said earlier, he talked about his pledges of allegiance to a terrorist group. He talked about his motivations for why he was claiming at that time he was committing this horrific act. He talked about American policy in some ways. The reason why we're going to limit these transcripts is to avoid re-victimizing those who went through this horror. But it will contain the substance of his conversations. And there were three conversations between this killer and, and negotiators. And he was a- All right, so why not tell us, we, the American, are we children? We can't handle the truth. We can't, nobody's going to be re-victimized. The, the, the trauma was the shooting. The trauma was the call that said your loved one is dead. The trauma has already happened. The transcripts might shed light on what motivated this individual so that we can better understand what's happening. And by better understanding it, maybe we can help deal with issues like this in the future. That's the reason why you let the American people hear it. You know, remember when bin Laden was finally shot and killed? Oh, we can't show people the pictures. Why not? Why Why not? Show me the picture. I want to see the picture. Which, by the way, I've seen. Uh, just a little side note. But I'm not telling. You can take me in. You can waterboard me, and I'm not telling you. Um, so the point is, why not show the American people? Why not show them what the truth is? We see Americans beheaded. Now, I don't know. Nobody's ever asked the president if he saw James Foley beheaded or any of the other people beheaded. I've seen these videos. I've watched them. Why do I watch it? Because I want to know the nature of the evil of this enemy so that I, in my mind, can wrap my arms around around what we need to do to defeat the enemy. This is a real enemy, real evil, real brutality. It's a clear and present danger to our entire country. And that then goes to the heart of the whole Syrian refugees. More articles out today that even say that, yeah, ISIS will infiltrate the refugee population. Obama insists we keep taking them in. Hillary wants a 500 percent increase from actually 550 percent, if you believe political fact, political check, whatever they call themselves. Who checks the fact checker? Nobody ever checks them because they're wrong sometimes. Anyway, so Hillary wants a 550% increase 
in the number of refugees that our country is taking in. Now, ISIS has said it. Comey has said it. Brennan said it last week. Uh, Michael Steinbeck has said it. General John Allen has said it. James Clapper has said it. And the head of the House Homeland Security Committee, the chairman, he said it. Oh, ISIS is going to infiltrate. But the president, that's not stopping him from gambling with your life. Hillary wants a 500% increase, 550%. Well, that's a 550% increase in the risk against the American people. That means you. That means Orlando. That means Chattanooga. That means Boston. That means New York. That means D.C. That means San Bernardino. And what happened in Paris and what happened in Belgium could absolutely happen here. But anyway, so Lorena Lynch goes out there and says, we don't want to re-victimize these people. What we're not going to do is further proclaim this man's pledges of allegiance to terrorist groups and further his propaganda. He said on Meet the Press this weekend, she said, we're not going to hear him make assertions of allegiance to the Islamic State. Okay, you just told us he made allegiance and a pledge of allegiance to the Islamic State. Hearing it, reading it, because we only got the transcripts, doesn't make any difference, does it? You already told us. But... Why are you so, you know, this bending over backwards thinking if we don't want to in, we don't want to we don't want to alienate the radical Islamic world. Well, they're already alienated. They're already recruiting. They're already plotting, planning, scheming their next attack. And it's on its way. And as sure as I'm here on the radio today, it's going to happen. And it's going to happen because we do not treat this as it ought to be treated. We have a pre 9-11 mindset And we're back in a situation where a group of people that are ruthless and evil have waged war against us and declared war against us. And we have not declared war against them because we're afraid to identify them who they for who they truly are. Let's change the topic. Let's talk about guns as if the gun somehow is capable of firing itself or the bomb is capable, like in the Sarnev brothers in Boston, of blowing itself up. It's not like somebody has to build it, bring it, set it off, and blow up the street. Good grief. You know, in the name of political correctness, this is what's going on here. You know, it's like it's an example of paternalistic liberalism on steroids. You have a government deciding it doesn't want to re-victimize families. Where does all this psycho crap come from? The family, you cannot get cut any deeper than a family member being dead. You can't. If you lost your child, it's irreparable damage. Sorry, that is just the truth. And I am sorry for these people. But if we don't learn from what happened here, other families are going to suffer and other young people are going to die because that's the type of people they want to target. Innocent Americans, doesn't matter if you're black or white or Hispanic or Asian or Republican or Democrat or liberal or conservative. If you're an American, they want you dead and they want all of us dead. That's nonpartisan. Anyway, so that's that's the whole mindset of what we've now been dealing with for eight years. Overseas contingency operations, workplace violence, man caused disasters. It's insane political correctness gone amuck here. It really is. It's now to the point where Obama and Hillary not only won't refer to radical Islam in their own statements, they, they'll edit out references to radical Islamic groups. And this is like an Orwellian nightmare.
you know, we got to edit that out. We can't let the American people hear somebody pledging their allegiance to ISIS. We've got to edit that down. We've got to take that out. You know, statements of those who kill in the name of ISIS pledged allegiance to ISIS. The president, Hillary, the attorney general, they don't eat. They, the president once said the Islamic State. Remember the JV team? The JV team that was contained. That was three days before Paris. You know, it's mind-blowing to me. She only wants to refer to it generically as a terrorist group. You know, the fact that virtually all these terrorist groups are pledging allegiance to Islam is the something that the Obama administration won't say. They're not pledging allegiance to Buddha or the Dalai Lama or Catholicism or evangelical Christians or... You know, Baptists or or Judaism. No, they're pledging allegiance to Islam. It's their interpretation of the Quran. Just like I've been pointing out Hillary's hypocrisy. Hillary takes money from all these radical Muslim countries that practice Sharia and mistreat women and gays and lesbians and Christians and Jews. And she never criticizes them until she's shamed to it, shamed into it by Donald Trump. Now, I've mentioned that in 1946, that's the year that uh, the great English, he was once an essayist first and journalist, George Orwell, wrote an article. And the name of the article was Politics and the English Language. He actually said this. In our time, political speech and writing are largely the defense of the indefensible. Oh, kind of like what we have happening now. Then he went on to say, if thought corrupts language language can also corrupt thought and then he added political language is designed to make lies sound truthful well that that's exactly where we are remember i've said many times bill maher is good for america i keep repeating it but he actually had some very insightful strong comments now he hates all religion so i think some of it is probably predicated on on a general disdain for religion that he has but he gets it and he you know what he's raising the question why don't liberals get how gays and lesbians are put to death in 10 countries many of whom donated to the clinton foundation you know where are the liberals that claim that are so upset that mitt romney has a a binder of resumes because he wants to hire women where are the women that are upset that women are told how to dress, whether they can go to work or school, whether they can leave the house, they can't drive a car, they can't vote, and uh, they need four male eyewitnesses for rape. And sometimes their father tells them who they're marrying at 12. You know, where are the women's groups? Where's the outrage there? It doesn't exist. It's conservative little old show. Hello? Hello, liberals. It's me, Hannity. I'm the one standing up for women, gays, lesbians, freedom of religion, Christianity, Judaism, freedom of thought, freedom of religion. I don't want to tell any woman how to dress. You can get up in the morning, go to your closet or closets, plural, open the door, and you can look and decide all by yourself. I'm not going to tell you whether you can leave the house, go to work, go to school. I'll give you the choice yourself. Good grief. You know, ideologues can be silly, but when the ideologue is the president of the United States and the attorney general 
That's just downright dangerous. I I can't take this this level of political correctness anymore. I just can't. Want to know Donald Trump's popularity? Tells it like it is. Oh, we probably need to profile. Whoops. There we go. Cross the line. Well, profiling, let's see. If you're going to pick somebody at an airport to single out, besides sweet baby James, who always gets singled out, you know, he's got a wand me sign on the back of him somewhere. It's invisible. I don't see it. And if you're with him, wand everybody with him. But if you want to pick on grandma online, the 90-year-old grandmother in a wheelchair, and you want to waste time on her and pat her down and wand her, or wand the 30-year-old kid from whatever country in the Middle East, go right ahead. But you're wasting your time, money, and resources, and you're not being smart. Fact. That's just the truth. You need to take control of your family and assets. Now, it sounds like common sense, but too many people procrastinate instead of getting an estate plan before it's too late. Now, with LegalZoom.com, there's no reason to put it off any longer. Now, you don't have to figure out on your own whether you need a will or a living trust and what's best for you. Instead, you work with an independent attorney now available in 48 states. Now, they'll walk you through your options and recommend an estate plan that offers the best solution to fit your needs. And since LegalZoom is not a law firm, well, you can count on efficiency and value. Everything is on your schedule, your terms, plus you know what your estate plan bundle costs up front instead of worrying about high hourly rates. Now, that's how LegalZoom has become the leader in helping families with their legal needs. You get the legal help, and you walk away feeling great about it. So don't leave the most important decisions that you can make in the hands of other people. Take control of your family's future with an estate plan bundle at LegalZoom.com today. Just use Hannity One when you check out and save even more. LegalZoom.com. There is some uh, interesting data that I found uh, over the weekend. American Thinker, they have a lot of good stuff up there. So we have the second poll in less than a week now. If you read the polls, what you're hearing and what you're believing is, uh uh-oh, Hillary's pulling away. But when you look at the corrected version in terms of the bias and oversampling of Democrats, it actually once again shows that Donald Trump is either tied with Hillary or in the lead. Now, honestly, these national polls do not mean a whole lot. Now, if you live in Florida, it means a lot. If you live in Ohio, it means a lot. If you live in Pennsylvania, North Carolina, Virginia, New Hampshire, Wisconsin, Michigan, it means a lot. Iowa means a lot. New Mexico means a lot. Uh, Nevada means a lot. And just I'm just being honest here. Those are the polls. Those are the ones that I think New Jersey I'm interested in. I want to see whether or not Trump could put Jersey in play. So anyway, last week on Wednesday... CBS released the results of a national poll claiming to show that Clinton had a six-point advantage over Trump in a direct head-to-head matchup. Now, the final weighted sample, 976 registered voters, well, only 28% were Republican. 77% more, 35% were Democrats. According to the to a nationwide poll, Uh, Polling data, while Republican Party affiliation has indeed averaged 28 percent for 2016, the last time the Democrats were at 35 percent was in March of 2013. Since May of this year, Democratic Party affiliation has 
Average 29%, only 1% higher, not 7% like CBS claimed. Now we have a poll today from Gravis that claims Trump is trailing Hillary by two points. And after an onslaught of highly liberal biased polls against Trump, it's refreshing to see an only modestly biased poll. In that particular case, it shows Trump only two percentage points behind Hillary, head-to-head matchup, far below the larger 12% that Bloomberg and other leftist news media outlets had been spewing as late. But anyway, once corrected for the biases, well, Trump is now well out in front of Clinton. In the polls demographics, 40% of respondents say they were Democrats compared to 33% Republican. Why is there always the seven-point spread in favor of the Democrats? That 7% Democratic advantage is almost assuredly about 6% above where it should be, meaning that Clinton's narrow 2% lead probably is like at a 4% deficit. You know, it's just it goes on and on and on. And I'm, I'm kind of sick of it because this is not the first time. It's you got CBS poll, then you got this poll, then you've had other polls. Then you get headlines out of the polls like the Hill poll. Clinton's lead over Trump slipping since Orlando. Percent of support for past four Republican nominees look horrible. The Washington Post, November's fast becoming what the GOP fears, a referendum on Trump. Well, that's the talking point of Hillary. A lot's going to happen between now and November. Anybody that tells you they know how this is going to end up does not know what they're saying. There is no indication of how this is going to end up. I wish I knew. I wish I had a crystal ball. But I know enough to know that I don't know. And my job is to be honest with you. I didn't know Trump would win the nomination. I didn't know any of these things. But you know what? I follow the news, and over time you get a feel for how things are moving. One thing I can say is Hillary is a horrible candidate. She's got ethical issues. She's not honest and trustworthy. And I think she's got a lot of problems moving forward in this, in this campaign for herself. Now, I think Trump has some problems. I mean, I don't like the fact that Republican leadership is so timid and weak on him. The narrative that the Democrats want to use is Donald Trump does not have the temperament to be president. Well, if you look at the cover of the, the Drudge Report today, well, you, next week we're going to have on the author, Gary Byrne, former Secret Service agent. He's going to tell a whole story about how she doesn't have the temperament. Dolly Kyle mentions, mentions it in her book about the horrible things that Hillary Clinton called disabled children and uh, people that are Jewish and Jesse Jackson. Apparently, she's got issues. By the way, the word Allah in, in Loretta Lynch's edited version has been replaced with God. So when the shooter mentioned Allah, well, she just decided, well, we'll just call it God. So why are Republicans weak and timid? I don't know. I have no idea. Now, Donald Trump said we must start thinking about racial profiling. Look, he said, I think profiling is something that we're going to have to start thinking about. He didn't say racial as a country in a phone interview on Face the Nation. Other countries do it. You look at Israel. You look at others. They do it. They do it successfully. I hate the concept of profiling, but we have to start using common sense and we have to use our heads. It's not the worst thing to do, he added. Anyway, Trump's comments come, you know, a week after this, you know, latest tragedy. Well, I, you know, there are some things to consider. Anyway, if you want to talk about Israel, there was a Breitbart article by Aaron Klein that I think was pretty insightful. 
in the wake of the shooting in Orlando, should the U.S. consider adopting the Israeli model of profiling as security precautions? Well, the Israelis don't have a choice. They, they're such a tiny country surrounded by so many enemies. It's not like they have options here. It's not the worst thing to do, but, yeah, ideally, would we rather not profile people? Yeah. But you have limited resources. I'll use the example of getting on an airplane. All right, we've all been through the TSA. We've all been wanded. We've all thrown all of our metal items into the little bin, and we've all sent our luggage through the the x-ray machine, and we've all been set aside, probably, most of you, and we've all had the extra wanding. It seems that I get it every time. By the way, I love when they do this to me. Mr. Hannity, so great to see you. I love your show. Uh, do you mind stepping over here, please? It cracks me up. You know, I think they know I'm not a radical Islamic terrorist, but they're doing their job. I, n- I will never complain about the TSA. I do complain a little bit about the long lines. They got to make it faster. And by faster, I mean don't compromise doing the job. By faster, I mean hire enough people. And it, I get wanded all the time. I'm like, all right, sure. Put my hands out. Turn around. Put my hands out. Do whatever they want. Um, I just think that's smart. What else do we got in the news today? We got a bunch of other stuff out there. We got, um, oh, this was in, this was in on, uh, what was it? Oh, ISIS terrorists are disguising themselves as refugees. I read that article today. Well, I've been saying this now forever. Another article, Islamophobia kills. Think about that. Islamophobia kills. In other words, the fear of saying radical Islamic terrorism kills. We have Clinton has now finally been shamed into speaking out against the countries that fund terrorism that she she took millions of dollars from. Well, if you feel that bad, Hillary, just give the money back. Give it back. Give it all back. All right, let's get to our busy telephones here. Uh, let's say hi to Vic is in Florida. Vic, hi. How are you? We're glad you called, sir. What's going on? Hi, Sean. The way the Republican Party and the establishment are attacking Trump seems to me that they're gearing up America for a dictatorship. You got Paul Ryan, you got the Bushes, you got Mitt Romney, basically saying, America, you're just too damn stupid to pick a president. We're going to pick the president. And it really doesn't matter, America, what you care, what, whatever. It's, it's, we're going to pick your president. And it seems to me that's like a dictatorship. And by the way, I love my pillow. Oh, isn't it great? Isn't it yeah. just like the saw? It's like sort of like you're on a feather. Isn't it amazing? Thank you Terrific. for yeah, I, I, don't, I don't understand for the life of me. I really don't. I, do, I don't understand why Republicans want to lose so bad. It's kind of pathetic. I think they're more, far more establishment than any of us ever really imagined. Brandon, News Radio 96.5 Orlando. Our thoughts and prayers still go out to the families, victims down in Orlando. Can't imagine the pain as they're going through the funeral process now. What's going on, Brandon? How are you? Sean, doing good. Sean, uh, born and raised in Pakistan as a Christian, uh, yep. took beating in uh, school on daily basis. Uh, <clears throat> these Muslims uh, used to throw rocks at my house, uh, used to slash uh, uh, tires off my father's car all the time. Uh, we got a lot of problems over there. These Christians are going through over there. Nobody likes to talk about it. Uh, you know, it's it's sad because my wife, my wife's Sister, she lives there, and she got three kids, and they keep getting these letters in their Christian school that they're gonna blow it up, and and it's just it's disgusting that they just don't want to say radical Islam. 
I don't understand. Let me ask you this. Do you think, now you might be in a position, you said you're from where, India? I'm actually from Pakistan. You're from Pakistan. All right, so so there's a lot of Muslims that come from Pakistan, right? Yes. Okay, so you're coming from Pakistan. You have a Pakistani passport. Um, If they paid extra attention to you because of where you come from and because they, I don't know, you sound like a young man, would that bother you? Do you think that would be unfair? Uh, Sean, first of all, uh, any Christian who go to try to get a visa in Pakistan get rejected right away because they don't want any Christian to leave Pakistan. They don't want them to come to America. The only people are allowed to come to uh, America is the Muslim uh, youth. And all everyone is so easy to get visa to come to U.S. now for Muslims. And it's such a, you know, it's a sad story because another thing is that I drive taxi in Orlando, so I deal with these Muslims every day, but they don't know that I'm Christian, so they tell me all the things. What do they they tell you? That's interesting to me. Well, they, first of all, they have, um, they were kind of like celebrating whatever happened that last week. Wait, so you you had people in your car that assumed you were Muslim, and then they they started saying things to you that they would only say to, quote, fellow Muslims by making the assumption maybe based on your name and the fact that you're from Pakistan. Yeah, but they don't know my name. I mean, I, I give them my nickname, which is... Uh, which well, is, uh, Mo, I know in New York, the, the, the cab drivers have to put their names and their licenses up so that the passengers can see it. No, here we don't have to. Okay, got it. Here we don't have to. So I'm talking about all the other taxi drivers, the Muslim taxi drivers. They all hang out here, so I hang out with them. And then the big things they say is like, okay, they, these people, whatever happened, and they have, like, let's say 49 are killed. They were like, well, they should have killed, he should have more, but they were all going to hell anyway because, you know, just because they're gay. So because in Sharia law, you know, it's a sin. You have to kill them, you know, just like, just like apostasy, you know, and there's no Muslim is allowed to convert. It's like mafia. It's like joining a Tony Soprano. Yeah. It's one way in. There's no one, no way out. You know, but you yep. have to convert as many as you can. That's that's. What well, I, I hope do. people listen. You had real life experience more than most people. I hope they listen. By the way, I want to promote something. There is a fundraiser tomorrow night. A lot of country music stars. Um, it's hosted by our sister station down there for News Radio 96.5 WDBO, our country station down there, 92.5, I believe it is. Anyway, just go to Hannity.com for more information. We linked it to our website if you're in the Orlando area, and this way, you know, you can hear it if you want. Thank you, Brandon. Appreciate it. Uh, back to our phone. Oh, what do you want? What do you want to tell me? You're sitting there. Oh, 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 me, me, me. What, 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 what? I just, I just had something to say, but I know you're not going to be happy if I tell you what it is. But I'm well, then gonna, don't tell. Why I'm, do you want to make me miserable? I'm, I'm I don't want to be unhappy. I'm, I'm going to do it anyway, um, yeah. ladies and gentlemen. So our our boss uh, has been nominated for induction uh, into oh, the National it. Radio Hall of Fame. Didn't, I and, told um, I told you not to do this. <clears throat> I told the polls you not to open do- today, and if you would like to see Sean. In the National Radio Hall of Fame, I know I would. I I'm, I'm going to cast my vote. You can text the word Hannity to 36500. Uh, if you cannot write this down right now, go to Hannity.com for more information. Right. And uh, Can you stop now? we got 10 days, so get them in there, folks. All right. Now, what did I say to you when you told me? I wasn't listening. What did, no, you told me 
you told you told me the other day that I was nominated. I said, "Oh, that's nice," and then you said, "Oh yeah, you got." No, t- you said I don't want to hear it. Okay, whatever. So I, you know, but what did I say? Then you told me, "Oh yeah, you can. Your audience can vote for you." I said, "I don't. If they want me in the Hall of Fame, honestly, Mike Francesa and Chris Russo, I love those guys. They're also uh, you can vote for them too. They're amazing guys. They're I mean, the thing guys. is, my only my I'm only going to say this once. Because I'm not asking people to. People I'm not going to lie. Vote for I you am if not, they don't even know you're in. We're not. I, you know, I am just not one going. Time. If I if they want me in the Radio Hall of Fame, put me in. I'm not going to. Okay, so any, now you know he's an option. I'm not, lobbying to be in the Hall of Fame. It sounds ridiculous. We're not lobbying. We're telling people. You they don't just, even know. You just lobbied. And I, um, I this did is not the lobby. Last time. I spoke. It's spoken word. It's spoken which word. Which is the category you're in, by the way. Okay. And you're doing it because you hope that our audience will go vote. I'm saying, I know that our audience will vote because okay, they Okay. I am you. saying that I think it's ridiculous to have pick a committee. And What's ridiculous decide. is to think that people are mind-melting with us and they know you're in this competition for being inducted. How can they know if we don't tell them? All right. I'm never, I, this is a forbidden topic from here on in. I do not. I know there, Ten are, days. I know there are radio people out there lobbying. I'm not part of it. Hennigan. Stop it. Com. All right. Your microphone is banned for the rest of the week. Turn it off. Take it down. It's done. I'm having Jason take it out at the end of the program today. Ooh, does that mean I get to yell at you now that she can't? Yeah, but you're not. You, you don't want to think. You don't care one way or the other. That's the point. I won't be a co-host, but yeah, that's true. Yeah, well, not like her. When it comes to defending your family, what does it say to you when I, a veteran Navy SEAL, someone who trains on every conceivable firearm platform, as well as trains in hand-to-hand combatives, someone who's more prepared for and capable in a firefight than almost every American alive? turns to the AR-15 to defend my family. Choosing to defend your home with an AR-15 is a common sense choice that tens of millions of Americans are making. And our neighborhoods and communities are safer for it. Let's run through some of the latest attacks and see how banning so-called assault weapons would have turned out. California already bans assault weapons. That didn't stop San Bernardino. No ban on ARs or any guns would have stopped the Boston Marathon bombing. ISIS's well-coordinated attack in France wasn't deterred by the country's strict gun control laws. Brussels' gun ban did nothing to stop terrorists from killing. But every single one of those tragedies ended with police officers carrying AR-15s rushing to the scene as fast as possible. Hillary's solution to stopping terror attacks is to ban the very gun that stops terror attacks, and she calls that common sense. Why would you want to ban the gun that you pray for police to show up with? Here's a common-sense solution to stopping Islamic terror. Law-abiding citizens prepared to deal with the imminent threats we face. Hillary Clinton's prepared. She knows ARs are a powerful defense against radical Islamic terrorists. That's why she's been surrounded by guards armed with them for the past three decades. AR-15s are fine for Hillary and her family. But average Americans who watch the news and feel genuine fear for their safety and their family's safety, she wants to deny them the level of protection she insists upon herself. Pushing a bill and have been pushing a bill, and it will be voted on on Monday, to close the so-called gun show loophole. Um, Would that have done anything to stop the massacre in Orlando? So it, it, it may, yeah, it may have in the sense that if you partner it together with a bill that stops terrorists from But, but, but wait a minute, he, he didn't buy those guns at a, at, 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 a, at a gun show. 
quit. And he would have passed the background. He did pass a background check. He did pass a background check. But if the Feinstein bill was in effect, he, the FBI could have put him on the list of those who are prohibited from getting guns. And what if he went into the gun store and was denied? Then he could have just gone online or to a gun show okay, and but, bought but, another one. But weapon. what I'm trying to get at is, is we hear every time there, there's one of these terrible tragedies, there's these proposals. Your proposal would have done nothing in the case of Orlando. It would have done nothing to stop the, the killing in San Bernardino. And in fact, was is unrelated to the killing in in Newtown. So 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 why? I mean why? I mean why are we focusing on things that have nothing to do with the massacres that we are responsible? Well, so first of all, we can't get into that trap. I disagree. I think if the, this proposal had been into effect, it may have stopped this shooting. But we can't get into the trap in which we are forced how, 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 how to defend a proposal simply because it didn't stop the last tragedy. We should be made less full of Swiss cheese holes so that future killings don't happen. That trap is an impossible one. This- All right, that was Chris Murphy, Democratic senator. Before that, Dom Rosso, a veteran Navy SEAL. He joins us now along with John Lott, president of the Crime Prevention Research Center, author of the forthcoming book, The War on Guns. And uh, they're both here to tell us how frightening an unarmed America would be if we ever come under real attack. I keep bringing up the examples. If you're in San Bernardino, if you're in Orlando, Florida, in the, the Pulse nightclub and somebody starts shooting, do you want a licensed carry permit? trained person there to take care of it the answer for me is yes that's why i've i've had a license to carry in rhode island california alabama georgia and new york and i've carried it more than my uh more than half my adult life anyway research concluded that uh 13 types of of gun control laws have been looked into right to carry laws were the only type that made a difference in terms of the rate and severity of these mass public shootings and uh anyway laws like those that the ninth circuit court of appeals ruled against last week when it determined California citizens did not have the right to protect themselves in public with concealed guns. The open carry of guns is already illegal in California. And Obama said, well, some believe that having more guns makes us all safer. Well, I'd feel safer knowing that if a bad person, evil, that is a radical Islamist, wants to kill as many people as possible, and he's on a shooting rampage, I'd feel better knowing somebody is there to stop them. Anyway, joining us, Dom Rosso, John Lott, welcome both of you to the program. How's it going, guys? What's going on? How much? It's great to be on. It's good to, good to talk to people that are shoulder to shoulder about educating people and, you know, obviously just listening to what we're talking about, knowing these laws that are in place aren't doing anything. And now we're talking about adding new ones. You know, the, the frustrating thing is that we educate ourselves. We do research painstakingly. You know, John, I know you've done uh, some amazing research to get real facts out there. And it's almost like, how are we putting this together to communicate? You know, what's the package? And what, what do we need to say to people to get the facts out there? Because when when something happens and everybody knee-jerk reacts, even that soundbite, you just played when people think that there's going to be a small percentage of a chance that we're going to make an improvement when so many things will suffer because of it and they can't see that so it's just a, a constant forging of our communication and how we're getting the stuff out there. So I'm glad to be on with you guys and being able to discuss that. John Lott, there's nobody that knows and understands gun statistics better than you. You have made this your life's work. Uh, Forty states allow concealed handguns, for example, in a bar. You sent this number to me last week. And you also talk a lot about why terrorists target gun-free zones. So let's find out. What do you, you know, why don't you tell people the truth of your research? 
Right. I mean, one of the things that's disappointing and so much debate is people talk about possibilities of things that might go wrong. So if you listen to the Sunday talk shows, they were saying, well, how can you possibly allow people with concealed carry permits to go into places like a nightclub? Well, we don't have to guess about what happens. We can look to see what actually happens. These people are incredibly law-abiding. In many of the states, they're not allowed to drink if they go in there. It's kind of like a designated driver, but in other ones, it's a crime for them to get drunk. But the the problem is you can look and you can see there's no problems that occur. If they had these problems, they would point them out. I've studied them. You just don't see these types of bad events where a permit holder gets drunk and they do something bad there. It's hard to find any other group in the population that's anywhere near as law-abiding. The thing that's most disappointing to me in this entire debate is that we have all these laws that are being talked about that we know wouldn't do anything. The Senate votes today. Nobody believes, I think, that any of these four bills that are going to be voted on would have stopped any of the mass public shootings, not just during the Obama administration, but over the last couple decades. The one thing that we know would work is exactly what you were referring to earlier, and that is trying to deal with these guys free zones. Time after time, it's just not the Orlando case, but if you look since at least 1950, with just three exceptions, all these mass public shootings keep on occurring in places where we're not allowing the victims to be able to go and defend themselves. And you, and the thing is, it's just not the frequency there. We have the statements over and over again from these killers about them trying to find those venues where they know they can kill people without opposition, because they know the sooner that somebody can bring a gun to the scene, the sooner they'll be stopped. So just a couple months ago, we had a case in Detroit where a father uh, was concerned that his son was getting too involved in ISIS and had called up the FBI. The FBI put a tap on his phone, and they have this amazing transcript where he's explaining to somebody why he's targeting one of the largest churches in the Detroit area. And he gave two reasons. One, huge congregation, lots of possible victims. And two, he had checked, and he knew that that church did not allow parishioners to have permanent concealed handguns with them at the church. And so he knew that he would be able to have easy targets for a while before the police were able to arrive. And, and whether it's the Charleston church shooting from last year or the diary that was released last year from the Aurora Batman movie theater or the Santa Barbara shooting or others, you see the same type of explicit discussion about avoiding places where people with guns might be able to stop these killers. I just can't believe uh, that the president, when he made the comments last week, he said, some here believe that having more guns makes us all safer. He says, we wouldn't have these pu- mass public shootings if that were true. I mean, I mean, think about this. Here's a president. Now, he gave guns to cartels, to drug dealers, to kidnappers in Operation Fast and Furious. He never put GPS tracking devices on any of those guns, which they could have done. We know that that border agent Brian Terry res- uh, died as a result, and many others on both sides of the border died as a result. This is the president that released all these Gitmo terrorists. We now know at least 40% of them go right back to committing acts of terror. We know this is the same same president and Hillary Clinton at the time negotiating, giving $150 billion to the number one state sponsor of terror, Iran. You know, so I'm, I'm looking at their actions. They gave Mohammed Morsi, the former head of the Muslim Brotherhood after the Arab Spring when he was president of Egypt. They gave him gave him tanks and F-16s and a billion and a half taxpayer dollars. So, you know, they don't want us to have a pistol. They don't want us to have a gun and the ability to defend ourselves. And add to that, they are all defended to the hilt by armed people. Right. Well, the president's comment makes no sense. 
gun. I mean, it, it doesn't do you any good to have a gun at home if you can't use it to defend yourself when you're in public. So the number of guns isn't the issue. The, the point is, is that these killers, it, you may be able to have a permanent concealed handgun virtually any place in a lot of these right-to-carry states, but these killers pick time after time those tiny areas within the state where people aren't allowed to go and defend themselves. These guys aren't stupid. They know what they yeah. want to try to do. Even the ones that you could classify as insane are still, you know, six months or two years that they plan take planning these attacks. But, you yeah. know, the yeah. debate is changed changing a little bit. When somebody like the former head of uh, Interpol, uh, Ron Noble, who was there for 15 years, has come out and said, look, when he started, Interpol's kind of like Europe's version of the FBI. When he started doing that, he, he was a big gun control proponent. And he thought, well, if we only ban guns from certain areas, they'll keep us safe. But what he said he learned over those 15 years is that no matter how hard you try, these terrorists will find some way of getting a gun into these safe zones. Absolutely. And rather than making people safe, what you end up doing is just disarming the victims and making it easier for these killers to go the, do the attack. Because the police have an incredibly difficult job in stopping these mass public shootings. Our hearts should go out to them and we should thank them. But they, having a person in uniform guarding a possible target just means that they're going to be the first person killed. And the question is, what's the backup there? You know, these killers have huge strategic advantages when they go and attack a place because they determine the time and the place. It's impossible for somebody to be on their toes all the time from all possible angles. And they, they can either kill the person, wait for them to leave, or go and choose some other target. And it, we simply don't have the resources to have police yeah. cover all possible targets all the time. Yeah, John's absolutely right. And, you know, part of the thing is that I was in the Navy for 12 years. I went, my main purpose was to chase bad guys. So, you know, coming out of that, getting back home and then seeing all this unfold over the last few years, it was uh, my, kind of mind boggling to me to think that since when have we flipped the switch to give up the accountability of our own safety? And again and again, we talk about how the, the main thing that we're doing is when something happens, regardless of what it is, we are asking people to respond with the appropriate tools. And we don't know that that's always, that's not even an obligation for most law enforcement to show up and take care of the problem. So why are we not taking that accountability for us seriously? My whole thing is when I got out, I started studying people. I started studying civilians, the average person that really cares about protecting themselves and their family. Every single day, I'm teaching people to be more capable, more aware, and there's so many people out there that take this stuff uh, as their number one priority because it, we don't know when it's going to happen. The percentage is small, but if it does happen, it could be life-threatening. And there's no, there's no mistake. This administration has absolutely failed to keep people safe. They, this, the gun control, everything they're talking about, about legislation and laws, it's all been a distraction to avoid taking care of the very real problem that presents itself every single day. And it's brewing, and it's going to continue to brew. And, John, when you said that these guys are smart, you're absolutely correct. These guys are determined, they're smart, and they're going to figure it out. If it's not a gun, it's going to be something else. It's going to be a bus, a truck, a plane. It doesn't matter. They will figure out to cause terror. And so for us, taking accountability for our safety and our responsibility 
as citizens to make sure people are prepared to handle if it does rear its head. All right. Why can't this administration focus on what the real problem is? And the real problem is radical Islamic terrorism. They released the transcripts of what happened in Orlando, but they keep out the shooter's uh, commitment to ISIS, his pledge to ISIS. Uh, They keep out radical Islam. And it started very early in the administration. Hillary, Obama, man-caused disasters, overseas contingencies, workplace violence, and on and on. Why can't they do that? Well, as you know, Sean, I knew Obama at the University of Chicago. We both overlapped there for about five years. And uh, I think the bottom line here seems to be don't let a crisis go to waste. And, and in this case, Obama, since the time I knew him, it doesn't believe people should be able to own guns. And a lot of these background checks, even though they don't do anything to stop these terrorists from getting these guns or not going to stop crime generally, they're costly. So yeah. in January, when Obama did this town hall on CNN, and he was asked by this woman who had been brutally raped for three and a half hours why it was that he wanted to make it costly for law-abiding Americans to get guns. He claimed he didn't. All right, I gotta, I, only for the, yeah, I've, I've got to run, but, I mean, it's amazing how they pivot everything. And he does it within hours of any shooting. He doesn't even want to know the facts. It's just, you know, nope. don't, don't let a, a crisis go to waste, as Rahm Emanuel said. But i got to run. Thank you both. Dom, thank you. And, Bye, John, Sean, thank, thank you. you sir. The best piece of advice I ever heard was from Brother Leo in Malloy High School. Brother Leo said to me, Dan, real men make enemies. And he was right. And I found that out in politics. I was a Secret Service agent for 12 years. I started as an investigator investigating financial crimes. I moved on to uh, an instructor position in our Secret Service Academy, which I really enjoyed. I went to the Dignitary Protection Division after that. And I finally graduated to the big show, the President's Detail. I did five years, three years with President Bush, two years with President Obama. When I was in the Secret Service, here's what I saw with politicians. You see people, men and women, come up there all the time that are principled. And I don't know if it's the pats on the back or the boot licking or the butt kissing or the White House trips or the Christmas parties or the Air Force One trips. They start to believe their own fairy tales. I'm running because no one wants to tell you the truth. You've been lied to for so long by legions of politicians with their own personal agendas. You need someone to go up there and say, nah, not today. We're not going to do that. You can plant one on my ass because we're not doing it that way. (laughs) Hillary Clinton's Barack Obama with none of the charisma. I mean, let's just be honest. She is a far left acolyte. She views your money as her money. Your health care is her health care. Constitution to her is a suggestion. Hillary Clinton would be a disaster for the country. Listen, it's not personal. If I didn't like her, then I wouldn't have pledged my life uh, for hers. It's a secret service agent. Proudly so. And I cared very much about her when I was in that job. But I don't care at all about our politics. America will be a worse off place with a Hillary Clinton presidency. All right, 25 till the top of the hour, 800-941-SEAN. If you want to be a part of the program, that's Dan Bongino, decorated former Secret Service agent, The Fight, a Secret Service agent's account of security failings and the political machine and life inside the bubble. How are you, my friend? Hey, doing great, Sean. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. All right. So you're running for what? An open house seat in District 19 now in Southwest Florida. Which district is that? Is that this is Naples, Fort Myers? Yeah. You're probably pretty familiar with the area. So that means if you win, you'll one day be my 
my congressman, I guess, right? Yeah, that, that's right. We were being uh, one of the radio hosts that you were laughing about that. So, right, but yeah, here's what's be. important. I mean, I thought you had this guy that came under controversy, a former talk show host. And uh, so he was replaced. This is Connie Mack's old seat. And uh, from what I understood, they had somebody in there. Did he drop out? Or are you challenging him for the nomination? No, no, he dropped out. He was great. It was uh, Kurt Clausen. Yeah. He's got a 90 plus percent score by just about every conservative site out there that reviews congressmen. He was terrific. But uh, Kurt had some uh, some uh, illness in his family, and he stepped aside. And Shawnee surprised everyone. I mean, you don't you don't want to run for Congress under these conditions where we're losing good guys, but you want to make sure you replace them with with good guys. Right. But no, I, you who's don't primary now, good guys. Who's going to run uh, run against you? Do you know yet? Yeah, we have two opponents right now. We have uh, Francis Rooney, and we have uh, Chauncey Goss. So we, we feel really good about it. Well, because this is going to impact my life in the future, I'm I'm endorsing you. So, uh, so that's there we go for our, we have a great affiliate down there in Naples, Fort Myers, uh, Fox 92.5. It's a great big hundred thousand watt stick down there that just literally they love you. Matter of fact, I'm well, sitting next to the morning host down there. Drew Steele. He loves you. He's a big fan. Yeah, tell Drew to drop this in as a news story. Hannity endorses Bongino. <laughs> Details coming head. up at the top of the hour. All right. He, he's shaking his head. You've been in that studio before. You've yes. used that studio. No, it's yeah, great. They love you down there. No, listen, I love Southwest Florida. And you know what? It's a seat. Connie Mack was a great congressman. Uh, I know the the guy that was a talk show host, he was a good guy, but had some personal issues. And you're right, this guy you're going to be replacing is, you know, he's had some issues. When is the primary coming up? Primary is August 30th, so, but early voting starts, you know, you know Florida is a lot of vote by mail, so early yeah. voting starts on the 15th. Okay, so it's July pretty big. 15th. Let's go to a couple of issues. We had the Attorney General, she said yesterday, the law enforcement releasing the transcripts, which we now have, of the phone calls of the Orlando shooter that he had with the police. Remember they told us last week the FBI said that they had three different conversations with the guy. But... There's a big butt here, but they're not going to release, uh, you know, the, the shooter's ISIS pledge of allegiance. Yeah. Why would they do that? All right. Two reasons, Sean. And I hope your audience gets this here. This is an ideological fight here for the Obama administration. It involves politics only. Make no mistake. This man and, and his ignorant policies is going to get you hurt or killed. One, he wants to distract you from the idea that terrorism is real because of the pure politics politics of it. Everybody knows the modern Democratic Party, the modern Democratic Party is not serious serious about fighting terrorism, but they are serious about fighting elections. And number two, Sean, they love division politics. So they want the American Muslim community to somehow believe that they're being targeted by the GOP, which is completely disingenuous. It's total garbage and nonsense. So that's why the Obama administration refuses and plays these games like like scrubbing in an Orwellian newspeak, scrubbing the 911 calls for any reference to terrorism. You know, God forbid they actually let the American people know what's going on. It's a disgrace. This guy's embarrassed the office you know it's look in one of the calls he pledged allegiance to isis that the fbi director told us that he said the reason we're going to limit these transcripts or she said is to avoid re-victimizing those people who went through this horror but it will contain the substance of the conversation you're not going to re-victimize the the people that lost loved ones there's nothing you can do to re-victimize them they lost their loved ones. The only thing is, you know, that I think I would be mad at in this case is that law enforcement, Department of Homeland Security, knew who this guy was and they didn't do anything. Sean, we're being re-victimized every day by this Obama presidency that is just absolutely fundamentally unserious about fighting terrorists. And, and you know, listen, I, I get, I try, I really desperately try to avoid the personal politics, but it's impossible with this guy, Sean. He compares, think about this, right? 
He compares Republicans to Iranian terrorists and hardliners. This is the president of the United States, by the way. He's angrier at Trump after a terrorist savage shoots up a nightclub in Orlando uh, and pledges allegiance to ISIS on 9-11. Where's his anger? It's directed at Donald Trump. And the president's talking about re-victimizing. We're being victimized every day by a government that is fundamentally unserious about stopping the terrorist threat and very serious about changing the future direction of the country politically. That's all they that, that's all they care about. That's their priority. What do you make of Gary Byrne? He's going to release this book coming out, I think, a week from now. I, I'm just getting my copy tomorrow. And in this book, apparently he spent years outside of the Oval Office. I thought it was difficult for you guys to get permission to ever write a book. Yeah, I'm kind of torn on this. You know, I've written a couple books about my time in the Secret Service, but they were hoorah tales. They weren't personal behind the scenes stories. Now, a caveat, uh, let me put a whole proviso on this by saying, if, you know, if you witness a crime in the Secret Service, it's it's different. But I'm kind of torn on this. The personal stuff, I don't know. I, I, I stayed away from that. It's not really my bag of chips, but I understand. I mean, Hillary Clinton would be an apocalypse for this country. She's awful. I mean, the choices we have now are a, a country with a future and a country with no future. That's it in this election. You have no third option, unfortunately. So I, I see why he's doing it. That's why I say I'm a little torn on it. Maybe he just wants to sound the alarm. But uh, I don't I don't think I ever met Gary when I was in the Secret Service. We don't know each other. But, but, but you see a lot. Now, he's an Air Force veteran, nearly 30-year federal law enforcement officer. Do they make you sign nondisclosure agreements as agents? Um, I didn't when I got out. I think they do now, but uh, I, I didn't when I left. It, yeah. it was ironic how the whole thing went down, but no, I didn't sign one. All right, so the bottom line is, though, a guy like him is going to hear and see a lot. I mean, one of the things he was most afraid of was Hillary and her, her horrible temper, and this whole lamp-throwing incident apparently came down with a black eye one day, and do you believe that the Secret Service were having meetings about protecting Bill Clinton from Hillary's temper? Jeez. You know, I, re- I remember the Clinton campaigns, and there were there were a lot of concerns that weren't security, let's say, and it really did distract the guys. And, you know, one one other thing on this, Sean, not to kind of get off on a tangent, but I understand Byrne's point here, too. I mean, I think Byrne's point is, you know, we have a woman who doesn't follow any of the rules herself, Sean, right? I mean, she does her own email thing. She she lives in her own world. She lies to the, the families of the Benghazi dead. I mean, it's really disgusting what she's done. And and then she's wondering why people who, who saw her, how she operates on the inside want to expose her for for who she is i I mean i'm not surprised again a little bit torn on it but i'm not surprised at all that people are coming forward saying no no this is the real hillary clinton you better know this before you cast your vote in november tell us tell the people of southwest florida and tell people exactly what it is that you want to do going to congress because you know what it's kind of hard to get anything done in congress right now i'm not particularly happy with the leadership Uh, i don't like that they seem to be some of them seem to be sabotaging Donald Trump's chances, and they seem more outspoken against him than they were ever outspoken against the Obama agenda. What are your thoughts? Right. It's like, where'd all this energy go before? Well, first off, too many of these guys are going up there to make friends. All right. I'm not interested. I don't care. I was a Secret Service agent, seen the Air Force One rides, the White House Christmas parties. I don't give, I don't have a cough button here. So I don't care. I'm not interested. I'm not, I'm going up there to be an arsonist, not a fireman. And one more thing. I see these guys running and they just can't explain conservatism. I'm sure you've seen this quite a bit too. They're always stumbling and bumbling. That's because it's in their head. It's not in their heart. Conservatism is really simple. Okay. How we got here is complicated. How to fix it isn't. Okay, we need tax cuts because you can spend your money better than the government. You need to control your own health care because a bureaucrat doesn't care about your hip replacement and doesn't care when your chest is cracked open about your heart beating. And you need to pick where your kid goes to school because it's your darn kid. 
You care better than anyone. That's conservatism. Welcome to liberty and freedom, folks. This isn't complicated. I get tired of these people running for Congress. They're sitting there pulling their hair out trying to explain freedom and liberty. It's a sexy thought, man. This shouldn't be tough. Go up there. Stop looking to make friends and get the damn job done, man. We're tired of the excuses. Yeah, I agree. How do you feel about Donald Trump? I like Donald Trump. I mean, listen, I, I endorsed Cruz early. I like Ted Cruz a lot. But Donald Trump's the nominee. And I, I think it's time that we, we got past the nonsense and accepted the fact that, you know, Von Mises said once, Sean, he said, when you give someone a choice between a glass of milk and a glass of cyanide, you're not giving them a choice of beverages. You're giving them a choice between life or death. This election is clear as day from this point on, okay? We have a choice between Mrs. Clinton and the destruction of the country, our constitutional public on a managed decline downward, and we have a choice between Donald Trump. So here's your, the way I frame it to people is this way. Donald Trump's floor is Hillary Clinton's ceiling. The choice is obvious. I'm sorry. There's just, uh, politics is not a neat, clean game. These are our choices. It's clear as day that he's the guy right now. I don't know why we're wasting a lot of energy otherwise. Yeah, I don't know. Where do you think the country's headed? How do you think the country is going to solve its problems? What do you think is needed to fix uh, the economy? What do you think is needed to to shore up our military and defeat ISIS? There's one answer to all of this. We absolutely have to hit the Reagan growth rates. We have to. We've done it before. This isn't a mystery. You know, I'm not one of these pessimist Debbie Downer types. We're in a bad way. You know, we're going to have to fix seven years of Obama, which is going to take a while, but we can do it. If we hit the 84, 85, and 86 growth rates under Reagan, six, five, and 4%, Sean, if we were to hit that in about 15 years, we could double our economy. If we did the penny plan, I know you like the penny plan, big fan myself. If we just cap spending today, we should cut it, but I'm saying just for the sake of this argument, if we just cap spending today and grew at those rates, in 15 years, we could cut our national debt in half, Sean, by doing nothing, by doing absolutely nothing. You know, if they actually had some guts and cut spending, we could do it in a decade. But you get people up there who they care about, like I said in that ad, they care about the pats on the back, the boot licking, all the butt kissing, the bow tie wearing, foie gras eating lunches, and they don't want to do the right damn thing. This isn't hard. The problems we got, the way we got here again is really tough. The way to get out is not complicated at all. It's, it just takes some guts, and we don't have any guts in D.C. right now. No, I know. Will you join Jim Jordan's group? Hell the, yeah. The Freedom Corps. <laughs> You're done right. Because they're the people that seem to have the most courage. They're yeah, the people do. that seem to be stepping out. They're the guys that were responsible for saying to Boehner, you know what? You're not fighting the good fight. You're not stopping Obama's agenda. You're not keeping your promises. You're too afraid that you're going to be blamed for a government shutdown. And you have added nearly $5 trillion to the debt, and we have the power of the purse. Yeah, we got some good guys over there. You got Jordan. Uh, you got Bridenstine. You got Dave Bratt. On the, on the Senate side, you got Mike personal favorite mike lee a guy who's been there for me personally sean when you know you met me five years ago in uh, running for senate in maryland and you took a chance on me and lee was one of those guys too i mean there are guys up there who really really give a damn uh the house freedom caucus they got some really good-hearted people so i don't mean to be so dour but the the, the chances you know sadly if if you were to put all the congressmen in, in one of those lotto things and spin it around and pull one out the chances of you getting a terrible one are pretty darn good that's why we got to no. up the odds a little bit you know if i ever was going to run from Congress, it was going to be down in that district, so I may have to primary you one day. Uh-oh. Uh, can I come on your show? Can we debate on your show? Of course we can debate <laughs> on my on show. Here. Why not? I don't see why. Well, listen, <laughs> I, uh, uh, you're a good friend. You would be a great congressman, a strong conservative voice, and uh, so I really look forward to you winning this primary and, and going to Washington. We really need to shake things up, and your background and experience. I know you'll serve the people of Southwest Florida well. Uh, we've been friends for many years. Dan Bongino, good luck in the campaign, and hello to all of my friends at uh, Fox News Radio 92.5. Thank you, buddy. Hey, thanks, Sean. Appreciate it. With all due respect, 
The fact is, we had four dead Americans. Was it because of a protest, or was it because of guys out for a walk one night who decided they'd go kill some Americans? What difference at this point does it make? Every time I see this on TV, I see these bloody fingerprints crawling down the wall of that Benghazi place, and I keep asking everybody, are there, uh, do those belong to my son? And nobody has told me anything. I need to think about is the legacy of my son and, um, and the legacy of my family as well. And I would love to sit down with Hillary Clinton if she'd agree to do it as well. And, you know, at the same table by the same operator, uh, have a lie detector test. Libya was a different uh, kind of uh, calculation, no. and we didn't lose a single person. But were any of these U.S. military personnel not permitted to travel on a rescue mission or relief mission to Benghazi? They were not authorized to travel. How did the personnel react to being told to stand down? They were furious. Do you have a skiff in your home? Yes, I did. Okay, and who else was at your home? Were you alone? I was alone, yes. The whole night? Well, yes, the whole night. (laughs) I don't know why that's funny. I was told a few things, and they were all lies. Obama and Hillary and Panetta and Biden and uh, Susan. What our assessment is as of the present is in fact what it began spontaneously in Benghazi uh, as a reaction to what had transpired some hours earlier in Cairo, where of course, as you know, uh, there was a a violent protest outside of our embassy uh, sparked by this uh, hateful video. Let me state very clearly, and I hope it is obvious, that the United States government had absolutely nothing to do with this video. I want to wish Hillary a happy Mother's Day. She's got her child. I don't have mine because of her. My name is Chris Peranto, call sign Tonto. I was with the Global Response Staff. We were the security element for the Central Intelligence Agency in Benghazi, Libya on 9-11-2012. Myself and my team responded to an attack that killed Ambassador Chris Stevens. Sean Smith and two of my teammates, Tyrone Woods and Glenn Doherty. Radical Islam is basically terrorism in a nutshell. It, uh, it wants to not only put down Western values, it wants to kill anybody that supports those Western values, which is freedom, which is Christianity, and which is also anything that looks poorly on Sharia law. Um, we've allowed it again to grow into something that it shouldn't be, and it's becoming stronger and stronger every day that we don't lead from the front. Obama and, and Hillary, by avoiding the phrase radical Islam, they're, they're being politically correct. They don't see it for what it is. And that's straight up destroying the Western world. Radical Islam doesn't have a fear. They will give up their lives. They will detonate themselves. They will do anything they can to fulfill Sharia law and kill the infidels. If we're not able to even say radical Islam, the word radicalism, there's no way we can fight it. There's no way we can defeat it. The United States of America doesn't lead from behind. We're always setting the example. If not, we're going to see terrorism get bigger and bigger, and eventually it's just going to be continual lone wolf attacks in the United States. And I don't want that to happen to my kids. I don't want to see my family go through that. Please join me in waking up Washington in this fight on radical Islam and seeing the threat that it really is. Sign up at leadingfromthefront.org. All right, that's a friend of mine. That is Chris Tanto Peranto, one of the heroes that fought for our country. The movie 13 Hours has done extraordinarily well, not only in theaters, but it is also now on DVD. 
DVD, and it's available to anybody that wants it. But uh, if you haven't seen it, it's amazing. He actually lived it in real life. A lot of issues, questions still remain. A lot of lies have been told about what actually happened on that night of September 11, 2012. It was a terrorist attack. And uh, we lost four brave Americans that night, including Ambassador Stevens, Ty Wood, Glenn Doherty, Sean Smith. And uh, the president and Hillary sat on their hands while Americans died. Then they used American tax dollars to send out an apology. Uh, what was a video in Arabic <laughs> blaming the video on an unknown movie maker. Remember, it was blamed on a YouTube video. And while Hillary almost simultaneously was telling her daughter and the president of Libya and the Egyptian prime minister all at the same time uh, that it was a terrorist attack. So she was lying to you. Now, there are other factors. Why didn't Ambassador Stevens get the requested security that he asked for numerous times before the attack. It was denied. Why during the attack was a stand down order given? And then why the lies in the cover up after the attack? Anyway, Chris Tonto Peranto is with us. How are you, my friend? Good, Good to see you too, bro. Now, just so everybody knows how close we are. <laughs> so he pulls up outside of my studio window here and what's the first thing you did to me i, you, I gotta stay keep it classy man flip you a bird you gotta fl- give you, you the bird he keep flips, it classy first thing he does is he flips <laughs> me the bird outside i'm so professional like I'm aren't i well i think it's just you're mad because i've been showing you all my ninja moves and we've been doing we've been fighting every time i see you. what do you think about this move what do you think about this I don't move know if we call it fighting you just you sneak it behind me we and you put me in a chokehold i, ch- I put I, you in a chokehold and i say get out of it good luck you're actually pretty good though <laughs> thank you man thank you you know i think this is really brave but you're not jumping in the political arena um not, not a little bit not, come on you are yeah, no no i am definitely yeah. more so now than ever that's why uh yeah uh you know you do when the movie comes out and the book comes out you do want to break it to everybody whether their political affiliation is democrat or republican or independent um you know now that all that's out all that's gone and i am pretty much doing things on my own i i can voice my and i have an opinion do i think politics were involved with that night hell yeah i do it, obviously they were up and and you know people it, need to know that but in that piece that we just played yeah you talked about you gotta say radical islam exactly all right so this very day we have loretta lynch or attorney general releasing the transcripts (laughs) of the orlando shooter but they you know they purposely take out what the guy said in terms of pledging his his life to isis you know and that's that's a slap in the face to the people that died we we have to be able to say radicalism we have to be able to say isis jihadists it's out there it's 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 going to kill you if you do not stand up and do fight you against think it. that was the for example obama becomes president yeah okay fort hood is a an example of yep. workplace violence <laughs> remember <Yeah>. napolitano <laughs> hillary overseas yeah. contingency operations workplace violence uh all these ridiculous phrases man caused disasters that they came up with because they can't say radical islam now finally hillary almost got there last week because trump shamed her into it okay but that's not where her natural instincts are no it's so so when you look at what happened in orlando look at the tapes they released today or the transcripts and then you think of your situation do you think they purposely made up this whole story, concocted this story about a YouTube video just so they wouldn't have to tell us the truth uh, about radical Islamists? I, I do. I think that YouTube video was was I, I do think that video was was perp- there, there was a purposeful um, agenda to make sure that people did not know that this was a. Terrorist so Hillary attack. purposefully lied to us when she said it was related to a YouTube yeah. video. Because and we know that through testimony, you know, I, I, I don't see how it can be any other way. 
Nobody talked to us. Yeah. Nobody did their due diligence to come and say, hey, what, what happened? What happened? Nobody it, ever talked to you about it? I, I Not till later. I woke up in Germany wow. the next day and saw Susan Rice talking about a video. Do I think it was just Hillary? She was definitely involved with it. Was Had it, to be. Was it, a, was it a cover-up to say what happened there because al-Qaeda was on the run, which it wasn't. Terrorism was on the run, which it wasn't. It wasn't. Yeah. No, of course it wasn't. Of course it was a, co- of course it was a cover-up. And I've, I'm going to say that again and again. They, they are trying to continually cover it up. When I got in the political fray is when she went on TV and called Pat Smith and Cheryl, Ty's mom, Charles yeah. Woods, Katie Quigley, when she started to call them liars. Oh, I didn't say that to him. Oh, yes, you did. Yeah. And you don't do that to the families that they, lost, their they lost their loved ones. You don't do that. You know what the sad thing is? I don't think people pay as much attention to stuff like this as they should. Yeah. And, and that bothers me. You know, let's go to the mistakes, though, here. Mm-hmm. All right. So Ambassador Stevens, we now know, requested security numerous Multiple times. times. Yes. Why would you deny security to an ambassador knowing that Libya at that time had become mm-hmm. a hotbed training area for terrorism? It's the same reason why we can't say terrorism or radical jihad or Political correctness. And, I mean, you knew it was a hotbed oh, yeah. for terrorist training. It, it's political correctness. Did absolutely. all of the terrorists know where the CIA annex was? Did they uh, know that was a CIA, CIA annex? I don't know if they knew it was the CIA annex, but they knew that Westerners were coming out. When you have Westerners continually coming out, blonde-haired, blue-eyed guys, yeah, you got big guys, you're going to be and, – and the ambassador would come and visit us right. occasionally. Did they know that the consulate was what it was? Oh, yeah. They, they, knew, they knew for – months, months if not more. So they definitely North, knew where the consulate oh, yeah, was. They, they okay. So, and that's why – the request that's for security came in. Okay, now let's go to the day of the attack. Yeah. Okay, was there a stand-down order given? We were told to stand down by our CIA chain of command. And we're, he would not make that call on his own? He would make it through his local chain of command. Now, see, this, right. is, this is where people get confused. And if you watch the movie, I think, it, right. and the book, it, 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 it makes it a little bit more clear. There are two different stand-downs. There are two different not come. Ours first was through the CIA. And that's through our local leadership. Then you have the fighters, fighter jets, Alvion Air Base. Then you have the uh, Army SIF team, 10 Special Forces Group, coming from Croatia to Siganella. They were told at midnight by somebody within the State Department or the State Department leadership, and I don't care who it is. As far as I'm concerned, whoever's in charge of the State Department, it's their fault. Mm-hmm. They were told to not come assist us. I don't still have no idea why. And I think when the select report comes out, I don't know if we'll solve an answer. I think it's still going to be a he said, she said sort of argument. Uh, I want to see. Apparently, it's coming out. I've heard from sources in Washington that it's going to be a little more devastating than maybe Hillary thinks it's going to be. Here's here's what tipped me off. And I think this is interesting. So they claimed it was a spontaneous demonstration related to a YouTube video because that had happened earlier, either in the day or week in in Egypt. Complete. Okay. Complete BS. So explain to me how a spontaneous demonstration breaks out and they say, you know what? I'm going to pull an RPG right out of my back pocket. <laughs> you know what? This is spontaneous. Let me shoot up this place. It, it doesn't happen. And this is when you have politicians, when you have civilians trying to cover things up and not having the ability to know what's going on downrange. Right. If they'd been through a protest, they probably would have changed the narrative a little bit. They wouldn't, or they would have, or they would have changed it to something else. So they wouldn't have said it was a protest because there were so many small arms. And, and so you're sitting there, you're you're army ranger, yeah. and your gut is to go help out the people at this Always. consulate. That's what all the services okay. do. Yeah. And, and Ty Woods mm-hmm. and, uh, and Glenn Doherty yep. that lost their lives, they were told to stand down. Finally, you guys decided we're not standing down anymore, we're going. And, you, and how did your superior officer respond to that? Uh, we didn't give him the opportunity to respond. You just walked out. We just, it's time to go. Let's go. And it was. Uh, Did he go with you? Oh, hey, um, uh, our JIRA's team leader, 
He did. He went with us. The guy that told to you to stand down. One what did guys, he do? He stayed there, and, and the most, of, the majority of the time that they were, they hid in Building C, our Building C. And if you didn't go there, how many more people likely would have died? If we didn't go there, we would have lost all the guys there at the concert, which was, and there wasn't many at the concert. There were but there was like nine. Wasn't there nineteen people? They, all the people. There was thirty six total. The majority were over at our annex that we got back and defended. Okay. Um, so the majority we would have lost at the concert would have been six. Okay. We so you saved six lives. Six lives, and then fighting. We didn't, and Ty Woods and Glenn Darty gave their life for the firefight fire that you fight. were involved in at the consulate and then the three and, other at the end and annex. in any way did it seem spontaneous or did they have all the equipment to to start a fight like this they had everything at management and they could coordinate yeah. very quickly they did all their due diligence doing the reconnaissance beforehand so and how were, many people were involved in the attack do you think boy you know sean we, we had so many multiple uh flows of people coming at us you could tell anywhere from 25 to 50 it just depends well, and that was that that was multiple firefights now, I want to go back to a question I once asked you. There, there may be video of all of this. Where's the video? Uh, probably sitting in somebody's, uh, I don't know, it could be in somebody's house the way the but government has the national security. You know for a fact there's video. <laughs> there are, there, there's video from the consulate itself. From what I understand, and, and I'm not for sure on this, is just word of mouth, there might be an hour of video from the consulate, from the still cameras missing. That's something that hopefully comes so out. So in other in words, report. this could have been... This could be like Watergate. They could have the video of the whole fight. And they got rid of it. They burned it. I don't see how it. How it, you said it could be like Watergate? Isn't it worse than that, Watergate? That would be worse. Yeah, no, no. Opinion, nobody it's, died. It's nobody yeah. died in Watergate. I, I think Watergate is yeah, is, good point. Is minimal I, comparison to this. I hate you when you get me. That's you know that <laughs> that's sucks. One, what, one that time really, in a hundred. <laughs> that, that that really sucks. You know. Um, all right, and then afterwards you're sitting there and you're all watching this whole lie go down. Yeah, you're it's just, unbelievable. You're just sucking it up, and and I. John, I'll be honest. I and I do speaking events quite a bit, and I say this. I said when I heard that, I hated. I hated you. I hated everybody. Hated in this, me. Everybody in this country. I couldn't stand this place because I felt like they turned on us and they lied to us. Yeah, but and then now, you lo- now you love me. You can't I love you. Of course. Well, is love, that why you flip people. me the bird when you show that up? That is a love. That's tough love. That's that's ranger love right there. <laughs> All right, tonight on TV, I'm going to kick your ass right on <laughs> national come TV. On. No, I'm going to kick. Listen, I, you I, you know I finally got my brown belt. I all right. I'm, I'm, are you a black belt? We'll spar. No, belts hold your pants up. What do you want? We'll no. get on it. Uh, listen, you want to get it on? We'll get it on. And, uh, I'll do it on live TV. What do I care? <laughs> Hey, you're younger, but I'm definitely better looking. You are so much better looking than me. You wear that salt, that salt and pepper going on your hair to get. That just means I'm a fat old man. Oh, I shut up! I don't know about that. You big sexy. All right, my friend. Uh, we'll see you on TV tonight. I love what you're yes, doing. Thank, thank you for you. thank you for sounding the alarm. I appreciate for the American people. We need you, and we love what you did. Thank you for helping your country. Thank you. God bless. And serving you, your country. Thanks, sir. You are a disgrace to America. Thank you for being a young black man thank supporting you. a racist. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, that is awesome. That's sad. How does your parents feel about you holding a Trump sign? Where they disgrace to America too because he doesn't like you or your parents. What has he said? He said send Mexicans back to Mexico. No, he said said, don't let Muslims here. Yeah, he said. Why? He's are you gonna let me talk or you gonna yell? No, I'm telling you because you holding this Trump sign and you need to be taught. We cannot do that, right? And then Okay. Telling you well, I guess your own She just graduated high thing. school, so she's not a kid no more. Okay. I, what would you tell him when a racist tell him send Mexican back to Mexico? What would you tell a young black man? I only 
believe that he's gonna send illegals back. I yeah, it's actually, he said he's that's what he said. Send Mexican back no, to Mexico. Illegals. illegals, illegals, illegals only. And Please, he's, he's his wife is he's not legal. legal. She's from Europe. She's legal. How she? What? She was born in Europe. Okay, but she has a U.S. citizenship. But she has a U.S. citizenship. So that that's just because she was born in another country does not mean she has a legal citizenship. That's fine. You don't have to. If he's elected, he would be against you because of your skin color, your man. And you're probably like 30-something, but you're yelling at a 16-year-old for his candidate. That's fine. That's fine. Thank you. Look at his wife. How do you think she got here? She's legal. She's not legal. She's from Europe. There's a way to legally immigrate. Exactly. Do you not, not? Do you not know that? You don't know. Yes, oh my God! It's not my grandparents. Yeah, because you don't know anything. You need to go learn how to spell your first name. Go to college, get a high school education, and, and then you come back and talk to me. This country was built on love, not hate. Donald Trump is a hater. That's fine. He's a racist. He's not. He's not. He is a racist. You know this country is built on religious too, not religious. He believes in hate. You know this country. You know the history of his grandfather and father. Oh they was KK members. Okay. Uh, they own real estate in New York. How do you know that? Go, go Google it. No, you Google it because obviously your facts are very misunderstood. You have very horrible facts. You come to me with black and you come with me to lie. So I don't know in New York when he bought I property. I was looking up for myself. That was his grandfather and his father was KK members. Okay. Go read the history. KKK members, you mean? KKK members. They were KKK men. Klansmen. Klansmen, okay. Who's against your color? Against your skin, against your people, I think, your ancestors. I think, the, I think the Democratic Party founded the KKK, by the way. Just saying. Wow, what an exchange. Now, I saw this on the Internet last week. Somebody sent it to me, and I was like, holy moly. Anyway, it took place in Atlanta, Georgia, about a week ago, with a young 16-year-old Trump supporter and a Black Lives Matter activist shouting that Donald Trump is a, is a racist Anyway, the video footage was apparently shot by InfoWars in Atlanta. You got 16-year-old Trump supporter completely, I would argue, just very calmly dealing with somebody who's so older and so aggressive against this poor, poor kid. And he handled it with such grace and a smile on his face. And his friends were there with him. And it was, it was just beyond impressive. Now, the young man's name is Quay. He and his mother join us now, also a friend of his, Brett, who was there, I guess, watching all of this. Quay, what an impressive way you dealt with a pretty confrontational moment in your life. Tell us about it. So um, basically, there I, I went there. I found out that Trump was um, going to campaign here in Atlanta. So I went down to the Trump rally, and then we encountered some protesters and so basically, well, the protesters, we was in an interview with Fox, and they just told, we just did our chant, our chant, which was T-R-U-M-P, we're going to Trump Hillary. And then this guy comes out of nowhere and just starts confronting us with, you know, why do we support Trump? And so that's how that debate came along. Yeah. Now, you know, one of the things that impressed me is usually if somebody gets loud and kind of in your grill like he got in your grill a little bit and and he's really coming at you with everything he's got. I was really impressed at the at the way you were able to handle your emotions, handle the situation. You had a smile on your face. You were very smart and forceful in your responses, very well informed. Um did you feel nervous at all with this guy coming at you that strong? 
Well, I did not feel nervous because I, I looked at the bigger picture and I looked at, hey, this is what the liberal media has been doing all along. Mm-hmm. And I just been enabled to encounter that firsthand. So I, I wasn't not I wasn't really nervous at all in, in such a way. I just I was confused. But I also knew that the fact that the media has got these liberals mind shaped this way that he's a racist. But according to Google, we all know a racist is a person who believes a race is inferior to another race. And Donald Trump does not think that way in any way. He's never come out and said white or the most inferior race. He's never said black is or nothing. He's just believing all of us should unite as a country. And so me going against that person, I just thought, you know, I just thought about that. And I just thought about how he was not informed. So I tried to and give him as much information as I could in that, that stance, but he would not let me talk as you saw in the video. Right, right. Now, let me ask your mom. Uh, by the way, I don't have your last name. We're not giving out your last name, so I want to make sure. Uh, I, I don't know what your first name is, uh, Quay's mom. What can you, can you give us a first name? It's Quay also? Yes. Oh, oh. <laughs> yes, it is. How you doing? I'm good. How, so you guys have the same name. I didn't know that. <laughs> now I know why it's written down twice on my sheet. I didn't understand it. <laughs> well, now, it, was your son always into politics? You know, when I was young, my parents constantly were telling me, shut off that radio, shut off, shut it off. I can't stand it. Turn the radio down because I was listening to talk radio. When it was just really in its infancy stage, um, has your son Quay been that interested in politics like this for a long time? Yes, for as long as I could remember, you know, when he was smaller and when he could read, he took an interest in it. So he would always, you know, come to me and his dad and try to spark up these conversations. And, you know, with life and everything that's going on, I would just be like, okay, son, okay. You know, but he's always been very passionate about politics and just issues in general. Yeah. Uh, now, quite what got you so interested in politics, and why do you like Mr. Trump? So, um, so what got me interested in, in politics, uh, like my parent, my mom said, you know, I always talk to her about it. But so, my parents aren't the biggest politics fans. You know what I mean? They're not as big as I am in it. So, but my dad has a heat and air conditioning friend who um, I go to, and we talk about politics all the time, and we've been talking about politics as long as I can remember. And so as we talk about policies, a Republican himself. And so we would just talk about it and we would just, we would just go at it and we would just debate. We just talk about facts. We'll talk about issues like guns and et cetera, ISIS. And so that's basically what I guess the, the engine to how I became politics. And I just go to the mall and stuff and right. go out and just go. Now, and do, a, do a lot of your, it. do a lot of your friends agree with you or do you end up, you know, debating them on the issue of Donald Trump? Oh, absolutely not. I do not have many friends that agree with me on Donald Trump. Um, like, I get called names about it. Um, it. I just, nobody understands, you know, why do I support him and stuff as much as I explain it. But it goes back into why I support him. I support him based on his education policies, his foreign policies, um, his, his immigration policies, I think he's going to make good trades with China. I think he's going to make friends with China. I think he's going to establish a relationship, a long-lasting relationship with England. Um, I think he's going to keep the fracking business going. Um, I think he's going to bring jobs to Detroit 
especially for the auto industry. I think it's going to bring jobs here in Georgia too. Also, I think, and I think it's going to produce jobs that we have not had for a while when we get out of college. Um, I'm a person that I plan what, on what going grade to are you in, Quay? If you don't mind me I'm asking, a, I'm in the 11th grade. Okay, and, and you're going into 11th, or you're going into 12th? I'm going into the 11th. Okay, and uh, do you know what you want? To, how do you do in school? I bet you do really well. Yes, I do well in school. Yeah. Hey, yeah. Brett, you were there. How how long have you been friends with Quay? Well, we we met at the rally. Oh, so you just met right. there and you watched this whole thing go down. What did you think of that? <laughs> I thought it was hilarious. Just um, uh, just like his, his the, the man's attitude towards Quay, I thought was I, I kind of I, I want to say that I didn't expect it, but. In all seriousness, I kind of did expect him to be kind of childish about it. And Quay handled it very maturely. Yeah, it was pretty uh, impressive. I mean, when you get to see it, I mean, this guy's ranting and raving and in your face and trying to get you to react and bubble and fizz, and, and you just kept coming back with answers. It was I, it was very good. All right, last, uh, last question. Quay, do you have any interest in going into politics? Absolutely. That's really? What do you yeah. want to, do you want to be president one day, or what do you want to do? I want to go as long as, as far as God takes me. I'm a big Christian. I, I believe in wow. what, that Jesus has something set out for each and every one of us. Um, I believe that I sh- should be a politician one day. I, I want to be a president. I want to be a senator. I want to be anything that I can do to help Americans get conservative values. I will. All right. I really like that. Quay, thank you. Uh, Quay's mom, you've got to be so proud of uh, him and and how he handled that and and brett thank you for sharing your insight being there we really appreciate it you guys thank you all right thank you 800-941-SEAN is our toll-free telephone number big time aj houston texas what's going on baby what's up big time john hey uh happy father's day to you thank you my friend happy father's day that little young man remind me of me boy i love that little fella I mean, that is what you call suave, baby, suave. Go on, little fella, go on. Man, he could, man, I I was just, man, I I can't even get it out. I'm sounding like Obama now. I I, I can't get it out, Sean. That young man, oh, my God. Hey, the youth, see, we still got some youth out there that's got it, baby. We still got some out there. All of them ain't done. Hey, Sean, that young man, the parents ought to be proud of him. I am, That guy couldn't come up with no answers. That young man just took him down like a bad habit. I mean, it was so sweet to see what that young man did. Lord, and he got God on the mind as well. Love that young man, baby. Hey, Sean, and we, right quick, uh, Republicans, y'all better get on board because we out here mad as heck at y'all. Y'all ain't fighting you ain't doing nothing, and we're trying to tell you, idiots, and you still want to backstab us. You backstab us once. We ain't taking no more backstabbing, big time, Sean. Hey, hey, they better wake up and smell the coffee, baby. Love that young man, baby. Go on, Big Quay. <laughs> wow. All right, big Love time. You, Thank you, buddy. Appreciate it. 800-941-SEAN. Really quick, Johnny G, he's with uh, Tommy James and the Shondells. He's their lead guitarist. Uh, how are you, my friend? What's going on, Johnny G? We don't have a lot of time, though. That's cool, Sean. Great to speak to you again, buddy. What's going on? Thank you. 
Yeah, you know, I, I wanted to comment on we were playing down in Florida last week, uh, right before we were down in Pompano Beach, and, uh, of course, that's the, the terrorist attack in Orlando the next day. And as it turned out, uh, one of the people who was unfortunately killed was a singer who I had worked with in Florida a couple of times. So I was tagged on Facebook a picture of me and him. He's a great guy. Wow. His name was Shane. And, uh, you know, it just it touches home when, when you know somebody. You know, it makes it even more uh, relevant to what you're thinking about, you know? Mm-hmm. No, it does. Yeah, when I, you know, I, listen, I, I knew people on nine eleven. I know the feeling. It sucks. Right. And I feel, you know, your, your previous caller, that guy, he's cool, and the kid was awesome. I mean, but he's got a great point. It's the Republicans. I'm just like you, Sean. I'm a registered Republican. I've called them up. I've emailed them. I said, I'm not giving you people any more money if you're going to backstab us or just deliberately lose. You know, if they don't like Trump, fine. But that's the only chance they have to win. That's how I feel about it. Well, I got to tell you this. I think that at the end of the day, if America doesn't want a president that recognizes our enemies, then we are going to be, and I won't say defeated, there's going to be a, many, many, many thousands of more lives lost, though, as a result of America's denial. Anyway, good to talk to you, Johnny G. Talk soon. Hollywood is under siege from an external force. Now, the same Hollywood that sold the American dream, they are now making nightmares a reality. Many major films make choices to appease the Chinese Communist Party to be distributed in China. Now, you can join Tiffany Meyer, an investigative reporter in the Hollywood Takeover, brought to you by the Epic Times, where she reveals how the CCP exerts control over some of the major studios. Now, don't miss the most important documentary about Hollywood yet. And for a limited time, you can watch the first 10 minutes for free at HollywoodTakeover.com slash Sean, S-E-A-N. Hey, Sean Hannity here. If you're in a situation where you feel threatened, well, instinct, that might drive you to reach for a lethal means immediately. But we all want to avoid the irreversible consequences of using deadly force. Now, enter. The Burner, less lethal, pistol launcher. It is equipped with tear gas and kinetic ammo. It can incapacitate any attacker for up to 40 minutes. It's legal in all 50 states. It requires no background checks, and it can be shipped right to your door. Go to their website, byrna.com slash Hannity right now, and you'll get 10% off. Hey, warmer days remind us of fond summer memories. Now you can make those moments year-round with a Michael Phelps swim spa by our friends at Master Spas, and that combines the leisure of a hot tub with the exercise benefits of a pool. Now Master Spas technology is incredible with LED lighting, beautiful waterfalls, and those super powerful water jets installed in just one day. You're going to love it. Proudly made in America. Use the promo code Hannity in the upper right-hand corner. That's masterspas.com for up to $1,000 off. You can exercise, relax, recover with the only hot tub and swim spa brand I trust, masterspas.com.